Here's what's coming up on today's show. Would you like a better understanding of bonds, how they work, and what role they play in a retirement plan? Join Mark and I as we talk about what you need to know about bonds in retirement. It's easy to get lost on the way to retirement. Things like taxes, improper planning, and excessive market risk can all lead you astray from your goal of a successful and happy retirement. That's where Liz Whittaberry comes in. She's a holistic financial advisor and the founder of Best Path Advisors, and she can help guide you to a better financial path. This is Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry. Welcome into this week's edition, folks, of Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry and myself to talk about bonds and what retirees need to know. Uh, it's certainly a lot of information right now that uh, we might want to discuss around the topic of bonds because it is it is kind of often uh, overlooked, underserved, however you want to kind of view it. But there's a lot of information that gets off onto the wrong foot. So we're going to discuss that, that this week here on the podcast. And as always, don't forget, you can stop by her website if you've got some questions, need some help, want to set aside some time to chat with her at bestpathadvisors.com. Uh, how you doing, Liz? Doing all right? I am good. How are you? Doing pretty good. I, I was looking forward to having this chat today when I saw this because, uh, you know, to be honest, the the bond market's a hot mess right now. <laughs> so it I is. figured this, uh, it's a you know the stock market gets all the attention, right? As far as when when we're seeing the 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 numbers fall, we're having a, a negative day, whatever the case is, and the bond market is also going through it as well. And I thought it'd be a good time, and, and you thought it'd be a good time for us to kind of share how they work and just some good information on the bond market uh, with folks so they can just kind of clear up any misunderstandings they might have. So let's start real baseline and just explain how bonds work at a basic level. Absolutely. You know, and I agree, it's a great topic to talk about today because I think people have been very surprised at how bonds have performed this year. Right. Thinking that they would perform completely differently if the stock market's going down, then my bonds should be going up. Well, that's the norm, right, Liz? Yes. That's what we're taught that's, to do. That's what we're told. Yeah. But, you know, back to your question, stocks and bonds are two totally different investments. Stocks represent ownership. Mm -hmm. So when you buy a stock, you have ownership in a company, you're going to get a share of the profits in dividends, get a share of the growth of the company. Bonds are a loan. You're loaning money to an entity. Yep. And you'll get interest on your money and then get your money back at the end of that term. And there can be corporate bonds where you're loaning money to a company, municipal bonds where you're loaning money to a municipality like a school district or a water district, and then government bonds where you're loaning money to a government. And the interest that you're gonna be paid will depend on several different factors. You know, what is our current interest rate environment? Who's the issuer? What's their size and their strength and their history of making payments? And then what is the term of the bond? How long are they gonna hold your money before they give it back? The yeah. longer the term, the more risk there is that something could go wrong in that period of time. So, uh, you know, that plays into the interest rate that you're paid, the time factor value of money. And so when you invest in a bond, you're making that loan, but that bond can be impacted by what's going on in the interest rate environment. And so we're going to talk about that 
in the podcast today. How does that impact your value of your bonds and why are bonds currently going down? Yeah. And, and to that earlier point we made where it's like traditionally, yeah, we think, okay, the stock market's taken a bit of a, of a beating. So let's go to bonds. You know, your traditional portfolios, you've got some safety over there. And that is the normal way of thinking. But we are in a completely unique environment right now with everything that's been going on here in 2022. And that's just not the case. And then we'll dive some more into that here in just a second. What is the difference uh, between bond funds and individual bonds? Because that's what happens a lot as well, too. A lot of us have portfolios where we're in bond funds. Yeah. And I think about it uh, in a couple of different ways. One is I think about the transparency and the control okay, and, and then the diversification uh, being a key. And when you own a bond fund, you certainly do have more diversification in the bonds that are owned because the fund manager is pooling all of the money together and then using that to buy various bonds and your yeah. it's like a community pool right yeah it's yeah. it and so you get it you theoretically you know in essence own a sliver of each of the bonds that are owned in that fund but it's the b- fund manager that knows exactly what bonds they're buying the timing of when they're buying the timing of when they're selling we we can know the general type of bonds that are being purchased, but mm-hmm. not necessarily each individual bond as it's being purchased or sold. Yeah, we have no control over that, right? Yeah, we right. we don't have, and and sometimes the fund manager even has to make changes based on money coming into the fund or money going out of the fund, and may need to make some changes that aren't necessarily what the fund manager would have done at that point in time. If there's a lot of money that ends up going out. They may have to sell some bonds that they didn't didn't want to sell at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Now, if you own an individual bond, you certainly know exactly what you own. You know when you're buying it. You know when you're selling it. Uh, so you have a lot more control and transparency over exactly what you own. And you can buy a bond that matches your timeline. So if I need X amount of dollars, $50,000 or $100,000, in 10 years, I can invest that in bonds that will give me that money in 10 years and have that interest uh, on the bond in the interim. And so that allows me to match some timing to my cash flow needs and have a lot of control over that as well. So that's a very good option for retirement income planning and for bucket planning approach that I use with clients. But bonds are... um, you know, they're issued in increments of, say, 1000 but you may have to buy a minimum of 10000 or 25000 or even more. And so depending on how much money you have to invest as an individual, it may be a lot more difficult to get the diversification that you want right. owning individual bonds. Yeah, and that's usually and so why those we go are some into of the those, trade-offs. Right? That's usually yeah. why we go into bond funds is just because of the, the price. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it makes it... Um, uh, easier to diversify and easier to invest. Uh, you know, if you're if you're not wanting to actively manage it while you're saving. Right. Um, yeah. Now that makes sense. And and really, when you think about, the, I guess, bond funds, probably the place that happens the most is that people that have them and don't realize them, and that's probably some, through something in their their corporate plan or or like probably target date funds. Right. That's my guess. Is that's mm-hmm. probably the big one, is where mm-hmm. you might own a bunch of bond, uh, bonds and not even know it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, target date funds have become a very big piece of 401ks to make it easy for people right. to invest on their timeline is the that's the idea the the manager is 
starting out more aggressively and have a glide path to become more conservative as they get closer to retirement, a lot of times people don't really know what are those percentages at any point in time? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do those percentages become? And and don't realize how little or how much bonds they have. Just don't have a clue because it's not, uh, when you look at your statement, you just see target date right. 2030. <laughs> right, 2030 or whatever it is. And I think most of us are taught, or at least we have the basic understanding, Liz, that they're supposed to decrease the risk as they get closer, but there's some right. misnomers in there as well as to how far they decrease it. Uh, and to your point, most people don't even know how they're decreasing it. And typically that's what they're doing. They're moving from stocks to bonds. Yes. And, you know, one of the issues with that is within a lot of these 401k bond funds, the type of bond that's chosen is one that is sort of a midterm, maybe a lower end of investment grade, higher end of the high yield, Mm. depending on what the particular fund is. And all of those have been impacted this year by the increase in rates much more than a a short-term bond would have been. And I think that has surprised a lot of people because they thought, you know, thinking, well, it has bonds within the target date fund. Yes, it does. But those are not necessarily the most conservative bonds. So let me ask you a question since you brought up the interest rate again. Because I think that confuses a lot of people, too. It has a seesaw or a teeter-totter, I guess, type of effect. And uh, I was taught this, Liz. I was taught it this way. When rates are high, bonds die. When rates are low, bonds grow. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I was taught to understand it. So can you explain that relationship between the interest rates and the fact that we're – because the bond market is down about, at this time, about 15%, I think. It was when I last looked. And that's because rates have been climbing, right? Yes. So you're right. Bonds have an inverse relationship to bond prices, have an inverse relationship to interest rates. And that has been a very good thing for us over the last couple of decades, because back in the 70s, rates were very high and we have, you know, we've come down from there. And as rates go down, bond prices go up. Mm -hmm. Uh, If rates go up, then those bond prices will go down. And it seems, you know, when I mention that to people sometimes, that seems counterintuitive. They they say, well, if, if rates are going up, shouldn't bonds be worth more? Well, <laughs> right. The new bonds being sold would be, yes. But yeah, the one you bought, yeah. right. That's the it, difference. Exactly. So if, if I buy a bond today that's paying 4% interest or you buy a bond today paying 4% interest, mm-hmm. that's, you know, let's say that's on par with current interest rates. And a year from now, rates are still 4%. It's still on par. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've got my, let's say, 10000 invested in a bond paying 4%. I could move it to a new bond paying 4%. That's equal. So they're, they're worth the same to me. But if rates a year from now have gone down to 2%, then my old bond that's, now, that's paying 4 is now worth a lot more. It's double the interest. Right. So that's worth more than... And I wouldn't sell my old bond and take that money and invest it to get only 2%. I would keep my 4% yeah, and, interest. And the opposite's been happening right now, right? So people who bought yes. a bond a year ago, let's say, and paid, let's just say, 2%. Well, now those bonds are being issued at 4 to use your example. And so the people that have it at 2 they, you know, they're, they're, they're losing out. And that's the issue. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so the bond is not worth what 
what it was. What you paid for it, yeah. When you paid for it, and you still have your money invested. I mean, if it's an individual bond, you still have your money invested. You're still getting the 2% rate that you were promised, but nobody wants to buy right. that and get 2% when they can buy a new one and get 4% and get double the interest. So absolutely, as interest rates go up, those bond values come down. And we're now in a time period where rates are going up and could go up for a while. We don't know. We've been at you know, next to nothing on interest. <laughs> right. For a long time. Yeah. yeah. And they, they said, what, four to six rates, I think they were talking about doing at the beginning of 22. They've certainly done a number of them already. Um, so yeah. there's, there could be a few more to come. And, and so traditionally, if we kind of think back again to the target date conversation or even earlier on when we're like, well, the market's not doing good, let's go to bonds. Most of us do are, are taught and do consider bonds to be that safe or more conservative part of of the portfolio. And in normal times, I guess that would be still the case. Do you agree with that approach overall, though? Yeah, I say that bonds are an alternative to stocks, but they're not risk-free. Okay. And bonds need to be managed because they're not risk-free. It is still an investment that can fluctuate in value. If I buy a bond that I'm going to hold until maturity, okay, then I'm, I'm not as worried about what that fluctuation in value might be. Right. But if I am buying bonds as buying a bond fund as an investment, and I may need to sell out of that at different points in time, then I am going to be more concerned about that fluctuation in the value. And so they need to be managed. It's a mistake to assume that they're all going to work the same. You know, they come in different flavors, so to speak. So we have our investment grade bonds, very highly rated issued by issuers that are don't pay as much, very stodgy, very good histories, likely to always have the cash flow to pay. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's layers of that. There's a triple A all the way down to the, you know, A. And then we have our junk bonds are, and they're actually now called high That's yield right. bonds. That's right, they got that makeover, they, yes. Yeah, they're not called junk bonds yeah. anymore, but... Although they still uh, appear, yeah. don't they still appear on the exchange as, as JNK? I think they do. I think there's... Can. Yeah. yeah. No, which is funny. Yeah. But it's now, it, you're right. It does sound smoother to say, hey, would you like a high yield bond? And I think that's a misnomer too for people because they think, oh, it's going to return a better rate, but it also just means there's more risk, correct? Yeah. It, yeah. The issuers paying a higher rate because they don't have the ratings of the, you know, stodgy investment grade issuer. So they have to pay a higher rate to attract investors mm -hmm. to give them their money. And that's one thing to think through. Certainly there are uh, high yield bond funds that are, are quite diversified. And if you're not putting all your eggs in one basket, you're putting a piece in there, you can, you know, manage that just like sure. maybe you're, you're putting some in an emerging market fund. Right. And, you know, there's layers of risk, but you, you do need to think through what is the risk of this particular bond or this particular bond fund. And that risk is based upon what's the rating of it? Uh, what's the interest rate? So a lower paying interest rate bond is going to be impacted more by changes in rates okay. versus a higher paying. Uh, and then what's the term? The longer the term, the more it's going to be impacted because it, as rates change, there's just a longer time period before you're going to get your your funds back. If if I've got a 4% bond and I'm getting all of my money back in one year and I've got another 4% bond and I'm not getting the money back until 20 years, 
Well, if rates change, the one that I'm getting back in one year, it's not that big a deal to that because I'm still getting my money back in one year. Right. So it doesn't change in value as much based on the change in interest rates just because of that time frame. And so those bonds that are in those target date funds and in the different funds in that are offered in a lot of, um, say, 401k plans or that I see in a lot of model portfolios are in that mid-range. You know, they're bonds that are expected to return money in about six years, six to seven years. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's called the duration. There's duration is a calculation and that duration tells us basically when the money is, we've received our money back from that bond. Duration also gives us a rough estimate of how the bond is going to react to changes in interest rates. So Mm, if a duration is six, then we're going to have a 6% increase if rates go down by 1%. We're going to have a 6% loss if rates go up by 1%. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So we've had, you know, this rates have gone up by multiple percentage. And if you've got bonds that are in the 5 to 6% duration times 2 percentage increase in rates, then you're looking at that 10 to 12% loss in value. That's why those bonds have gone down by 15%. Mm, gotcha. So yeah. really understanding the role that you you need them to play is going to be crucial. Exactly, exactly. And if you're wanting the bond to be a stabilizer in the portfolio, then in current environment, a short-term bond it would be a stabilizer. Yeah, uh, sounds like that. A, lo- a mid-term or a long-term bond is just going to get hit by those changes in interest rates. If you're wanting the bond to give you some income, well, then... You know, an individual bond with a longer duration that has a a good coupon that you're going to be happy with, that could make sense. True. Very true. Okay. So uh, any other helpful things to consider? I know one thing we didn't touch on was probably taxes, uh, how they might affect things there. Is that some some thoughts for that? Yeah. Tax planning, as you know, is a big part of what I do right. uh, with, with all of my uh, planning. And the tax implications of owning an individual bond is pretty straightforward. Everybody, I think, knows that when you get that bond in interest, that that's going to be taxed at ordinary income tax rates when you receive it. If you buy the bond at issue, at the issue price, and you hold it to maturity, so you invest 10000 in a bond at issue, and you 20 years later it matures, you get your 10000 back, you get back what you paid in, there's no gain. But you can buy a bond at a discount. So you pay less than what you're going to get back. So when it matures, you would have a capital gain. Or you might buy a bond at a premium. And sometimes people do that because sometimes it still makes sense on the interest rate that they're receiving. But that means that you're going to get back less than you actually invested initially. Uh, You're counting on that higher coupon to return some of the return on investment to you. But at maturity, then you would have a loss, a capital loss, because you would have gotten back less than you actually invested. And so you have that capital gain or capital loss either at maturity or when you sell it. It's important to know that if it's a municipal bond and it's a big discount, then that capital gain could become taxed as ordinary income. And I actually did a YouTube on that. So that's on my YouTube channel, talking through uh, the formula for how that works. 
because you don't want to turn the gain on a municipal bond, which is designed to give you tax-free income. You don't want to turn that into an ordinary income tax situation. Um, yeah. yeah. And so for that YouTube channel, you can find that through your website, correct? Yes. There, yeah. is, a, there is a link to that on my website. Now, bond funds can mm -hmm. be a little more complicated and still the interest is taxed at ordinary income taxes when you get it in the year that it's received. And if you buy the bond fund for 10,000 and you sell it, you know, for for 11,000, you've got a little bit of a gain or you sell it for 9,000, you've got a little bit of a loss that that's based on when you bought the fund and when you sold the fund. But while you own it, you could also have some capital gains or losses based on what the fund manager's doing. Mm, okay. You could get those distributions, capital gain or capital loss distributions that come through based on the fund manager buying or selling bonds inside the fund. And you don't know necessarily what's going on. A lot of times you don't really know those numbers until late in the year. <laughs> right. So to, it sounds like basically we just need to do our homework, right? So they're a lot yeah. more complicated than, I mean, they can be straightforward, but they can also be very complex, which sounds like just about any other thing in the financial services world, right? Which is why you, in my opinion, you really need to work with a professional because there's just so many little nuances and how they all play together. Yeah. And I, I would say that you know, this has been a bad year for bonds and it, yeah. and a lot of times people get nervous about things like this and think, well, maybe I just shouldn't even have bonds at all. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't doing what I thought, but I would say don't write them off just because they've been volatile. Also don't just invest in a bond because it's a bond. I mean, <laughs> right. Both of those are kind of extreme uh, ends. You need to do some, um, research and thinking about what your situation is and get the bond that is right for your situation. What kind of bond or bond fund fits your portfolio, your retirement income plan. That's the bonds that are going to work for you to give you either the stability that you need at the time that you need it or the income flow that you need uh, that's going to round out your portfolio. And so that's the way to approach it or get, as you said, get professional help somebody to recommend the right bonds for your situation. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, there's so many moving parts when we get too close to retirement that that's why people do want to turn or should turn or think about turning to a professional like yourself, Liz, is because there is all these moving parts. It's how they work together. And, uh, and that's just the, you know, the idea behind getting in and sitting down and having a conversation because there's a lot of what we don't know can bite us, right? And come back and get well, us. And that's why we're here. And I appreciate you saying that because we are here absolutely to help people be on their best path for retirement. Yeah, absolutely. So again, if you've got some questions, if you want to check out that YouTube video she talked about, uh, you can find all that good information, tools, tips, resources at her website, which is bestpathadvisors.com. That's bestpathadvisors.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you like to use, Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube. Check out our channel there. Uh, and reach out. If you've got some questions around the bonds and bond market and how it's affecting your portfolio, give Liz a call and a conversation. You can do all that stuff again. You can book some time with her on the website. Just stop by and check her out at bestpathadvisors.com. Liz, thanks for hanging out and breaking this down with me a little bit this week. I appreciate you as always. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you too. Yep. We'll see you next time right here on the podcast. This has been Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Woodbury. The preceding program is sponsored by Best Path Advisors, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA SIPC. 
Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors. Best Path Advisors, J.W. Cole Financial, and J.W. Cole Advisors are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by Liz Whitberry should not be construed as specific tax, legal, or investment advice, nor as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Neither J.W. Cole Financial nor its representatives provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W. Cole. Investing is subject to risks, including the loss of principal. Due to volatility within the markets mentioned, opinions are subject to change without notice. Information is based on sources believed to be reliable, however their accuracy or completeness cannot be guaranteed.